0: Our scripture for today's service comes from the Gospel of Luke, and uh, it's the story also of Mary, just like last week. It's a text of scripture called the Annunciation. I invite you to listen for God's word for you as it comes to us from the Gospel of Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I'm a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He'll be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you join me in a word of prayer? And so, gracious God, we come again to listen, to look. We ask now that you would speak to us as only a living God can. Quiet within us any voice but your own. For we pray in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. You know, the reaction to the news of a pregnancy is not always positive. Not everyone hears that kind of news with the same ears. And some surprises, like a pregnancy, can leave us pretty speechless. Years ago, when my wife and I were pregnant with our second daughter, my father heard that news and immediately I could see concern on his face. I could see that he wanted to ask me some kind of a question like, have you you considered the cost of having a second child? Are you prepared for the responsibilities that come with an expanding family? Do you have any idea what it costs to educate a child these days through college? And as I could watch his brain functioning as he was stumbling, trying to figure out how to respond, I finally just said, Dad... I'm not asking you to raise this child. I just want you to be excited for us. We'll figure out the rest. Now, truth be told, I had quit my job. I was working at the time temporarily, driving for UPS during the Christmas rush. I was delivering packages I couldn't afford to buy. So there was legitimate concern. And he just couldn't understand the rather blind faith with which I was approaching life now another life would be dependent upon the decisions I was making so he, he wasn't wrong to be concerned I sometimes wish I could go back to that conversation and say dad let me tell you now what's going to happen I'm going to go on to pursue additional education and complete two-master's degrees. And I'm going to become a Presbyterian minister. And I'll serve in churches throughout the country. And I'll serve at a seminary in a long and satisfying career. And I'll become the dean at Princeton Seminary and later the chair of the board. And this child that we're about to have? She's going to grow up to become the most beautiful, talented woman, smart, kind She will complete two master's degrees of her own. And she'll have her own song to sing like Mary. And she'll marry this wonderful, incredibly smart and caring man living somewhere in the country where neither you nor I could ever afford to live. And it will work out. Look, at the time, I only had a vague sense that it would work out somehow. I just didn't know how. That was the best I could claim on that day. Soren Kierkegaard once wrote, Life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. Which brings me to this story about Mary. Not everyone heard the news of her pregnancy with the same ears. I mean, here's Mary pregnant with God's coming future chosen to bear the one whose life and that life was the light of all people she has no clue how it'll work out but she has faith that it will somehow we know now that it will work out but she has to live her life forward not backward. And when she finally finds her voice, she's able to sing praises to her Lord and God, a song about justice for all. This is the great reset initiated by God. Now, what would life be without surprises? Maybe a lot less embarrassing. Some surprises we could do without. But Christmas isn't one of them. It's one surprise that the whole world is still trying to come to terms with. It's something we do not expect at all or even want. It's a gift from God that we can't take back. There's no gift receipt with this gift. The Annunciation for Mary was so unexpected, a surprise of the first order, Imagine Mary waking up, going about her chores, and suddenly, without warning, this stranger appears to her and tells her she's going to have a child. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. Look, she's not physically or emotionally ready. She's very likely a teenager at this point because they married quite young in those days. This upsets the plans she and Joseph have to marry. It'll bring embarrassment to the family. She's surprised. She's puzzled by the stranger who first has to calm her down just enough so she can comprehend what's being said to her. But to her credit, Mary has the fortitude to reply, here am I, the servant of the Lord, Let it be with me according to your word. God has acted to redeem the world. This great reset is beginning. Now, if you want to read about the Annunciation, you have to read some medieval Roman Catholic theologians like Bernard of Clairvaux and Bonaventure, who were writing between about 1,000 and 1,300 they argue that Mary was the antithesis of Eve. Just as Jesus becomes the new Adam and sets right all that has gone wrong in the creation, according to the Apostle Paul in Romans, so too Mary is perceived as the new Eve. One author argues from those two medieval writers and claims, quote, the Annunciation is the fundamental mystery in Mary's life, and so the mystery that founds all the other mysteries she embodies, her immaculate conception, her perpetual virginity, her divine motherhood, her cooperation with her son's salvific work, her bodily assumption, and lastly, her heavenly queenship. It's the undoing of the sinful act of Eve. But back to Mary. Rather than resisting God's plan, Mary embraces it. Mary accepts the role that God has established for her rather than rejecting it because it seems too incredible. She trusts her Lord rather than trusting herself or giving in to her doubts and uncertainty. The story of Mary it's a story of how God calls the unqualified to participate in this unfolding drama of salvation. Writer-theologian Frederick Beekner imagines the angel Gabriel's feelings as he's announcing the good news to Mary. He writes, quote, She struck the angel Gabriel as hardly old enough to have a child at all, let alone this child but he'd been entrusted with a message to give her, and he gave it. He told her what the child was to be named and who he was to be and something about the mystery that was to come upon her. You mustn't be afraid, Mary, he said. And as he said it, he only hoped that she wouldn't notice that beneath the great golden wings he himself was trembling with fear to think, that the whole future of creation hung now on the answer of a girl. End quote. This, This isn't a story about people putting aside their earthly lives for a little while so they can attain some kind of spiritual high point or mountaintop experience in order that they might be more acceptable to God and more deserving It's a story about people stuck in their lives and without much hope for the future. With strained family relationships, focused mostly upon trying to survive, making a living, getting ahead, securing a better future. And all these who unexpectedly discover that the God who made all of this stuff in the first place has entered the world in order to redeem it. Babies and adults, shepherds and business people, gold and frankincense, animals and cities, governments and nature, all of it. And the Lord still enters in, especially where invited. Mary's story also underscores the fact that we don't have to stop being human in order to start being God's. God calls the unqualified, but never leaves us alone, never leaves us to our own devices. The Lord promises to be with us. So I wonder what new things the Lord may be trying to bring into your existence in these days. What do you feel unqualified to bear or to receive or to do at this time of year? Just like Mary, we may not be able to choose everything that happens to us in life, but we can choose how we respond. This year, we've come to see how little we really can control. I know people who have a runny narrative of their life that they're a victim, a victim of their parents' dysfunction, or a victim of economic hardship, or unjust social structures, or a victim of unfair employment practices, or a victim of great gender discrimination, sexual harassment. And I'm not suggesting that these problems don't exist or aren't real, nor that we should not seek to confront social injustice where it exists. And real victims need our empathy and compassion and help. But too often, some people find conspiracies where none exists, because they've learned to play the role of victim in their own life. Mary may have been poor, may have been from an underprivileged ethnic group, but the story that she chose to interpret her life was not that of a victim, but that of a child of God participating in the Lord's unfolding plan for the world. She was one of God's elect. Life can only be understood backwards, but it has to be lived forwards. And knowing that you're unqualified doesn't stop you if you believe your life has meaning and purpose, which is a gift from God for those who believe. There are many things in life we don't get to choose. We didn't choose our parents or our siblings. We can't choose our genetic predispositions for cancer or Alzheimer's. We can't choose the talents that we have for one thing and not another. And when it comes down to it, lots of things happen to us that we didn't plan and don't want, like getting sick. But we can choose how we respond to life. And we can choose the storyline of our own lives and the stories that will give our lives meaning and significance. The way we interpret what happens to us. We have a conscious say in what narrative we'll use to make sense of the world and our own experience. Mary chose to see the world as the place where God's active and alive, especially on behalf of those who are in need and at the end of their own resources. Mary chose to sing a song of praise in the midst of her predicament as a young woman engaged to a carpenter and pregnant. With God's possibilities. Similarly, you and I get to choose which story will define who we are and who we will become. We may limit our concerns to our own small lives, to those in our own families or those who look like us, or our own misshapen goals and desires, or we can see the world through a different lens beyond our control and making where the Lord is present and is moving all life towards a better future. And we can broaden our concerns to include others. We can work for a world where everyone has food to eat, a place to lay their head, and can make a living and build a future for their own families. I don't know precisely how we'll figure that out. But I do know this. It begins with faith. And it begins with a confidence that the God who has given us life will not abandon us now or ever. Therefore, we can strive for a world that belongs to God and not to greed or evil. Where insignificant people like Mary and like you and like me can make impossible contributions Participating in God's unfolding drama of salvation, this great reset. We're living through one of the most historic years of our lives. Will this experience, this year, make us better? In time, we will emerge from this pandemic and will become part of another great reset. Or will we become even more suspicious, more victimized, more anxious, more afraid? We can choose whether we'll live by faith, empowered by love, or live stingy lives filled with complaining and anxiety about an uncertain future while playing out the worst-case scenarios in our minds. Life hasn't turned out as expected this year, will this year make us better or worse? It'll depend partly on how we frame our understanding and what lens we choose to look through. Now, if one teenager can make a world of difference, what might you and I be able to do to help this world become not as it is, but as it might be, as it can be, as it will one day be by God's grace. to Push back against the darkness in your own life. Be kind to others. Be kind to yourself. Take up the cause of justice for all and let God's remarkable plan for the transformation of all things work its mystery in you and through you, as it did Mary. Respond to the Lord as she did. Let it be within me, according to your word. Amen.